This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Many know the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and can even recite portions of it by heart. But what's really the story behind St. Nicholas? Stay tuned to learn more about St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, by Ned Bustard, a book from IVP Kids. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Ezekiel chapter 25, verses 12 through 17. Ezekiel chapter 25, beginning at verse 12. A prophecy against Edom. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Edom has taken vengeance against the house of Judah. They have made themselves fully culpable by taking vengeance on them. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will stretch out my hand against Edom, and I will kill the people and animals within her, and I will make her desolate, from Timon to Dedan. They will die by the sword. I will exact my vengeance upon Edom by the hand of my people Israel. They will carry out in Edom my anger and rage. They will experience my vengeance, declares the Sovereign Lord. A prophecy against Philistia. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The Philistines have exacted merciless revenge, showing intense scorn in their effort to destroy Judah with unrelenting hostility. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Take note. I am about to stretch out my hand against the Philistines. I will kill the Carathites and destroy those who remain on the seacoast. I will exact great vengeance upon them with angry rebukes. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I exact my vengeance upon them. Ezekiel chapter 27. Ezekiel chapter 27, beginning at verse 1, a lament for Tyre. The Lord's message came to me, you, son of man, sing a lament for Tyre. Say to Tyre, who sits at the entrance of the sea, merchant to the peoples on many coasts. This is what the sovereign Lord says. O Tyre, you have said, I am perfectly beautiful. Your borders are in the heart of the seas. Your builders have perfected your beauty. They crafted all your planks out of fir trees from Sinir. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make your mast. They made your oars from oaks of Bashan. They made your deck with cypress wood from the coast of Cyprus. Fine linen from Egypt, woven with patterns used for your sail to serve as your banner. Blue and purple from the coastlands of Elisha were used for your deck's awning. The leaders of Sidon and Arvad were your rowers, your skilled men 
O Tyre, were your captains. The elders of Gabal and her skilled men were within you, mending cracks. All the ships of the sea and their mariners were within you to trade for your merchandise. Men of Persia, Lud, and Put were in your armies. Men of war, they hung shield and helmet on you. They gave you your splendor. The Arvadites joined your army on your walls all around, and the Gamadites were in your towers. They hung their quivers on your walls all around. They perfected your beauty. Tarshish was your trade partner because of your abundant wealth. They exchanged silver, iron, tin, and lead for your products. Javan, Tubal, and Meshach were your clients. They exchanged slaves and bronze items for your merchandise. Beth Togarma exchanged horses, chargers, and mules for your products. The Dedanites were your clients. Many coastlands were your customers. They paid you with ivory, tusk, and ebony. Edom was your trade partner because of the abundance of your goods. They exchanged turquoise, purple, embroidered work, fine linen, coral, and rubies for your products. Judah and the land of Israel were your clients. They traded wheat from Menith, millet, honey, olive oil, and balm for your merchandise. Damascus was your trade partner because of the abundance of your goods and of all your wealth. Wine from Helbon, white wool from Zachar, and casks of wine from Izal. They exchanged for your products. Wrought iron, cassia, and sweet cane were among your merchandise. Didan was your client in saddlecloths for riding. Arabia and all the princes of Kedar were your trade partners for lambs, rams, and goats they traded with you. The merchants of Sheba and Rama engaged in trade with you. They traded the best kinds of spices along with precious stones and gold for your products. Haran, Kane, Eden, merchants from Sheba, Ashur, and Kilmad were your clients. They traded with you choice garments, purple clothes, and embroidered work, and multicolored carpets bound and reinforced with cords. These were among your merchandise. The ships of Tarshish were the transports for your merchandise. So you were filled and weighed down in the heart of the sea. Your rowers have brought you into surging waters. The east wind has wrecked you in the heart of the seas. Your wealth, products, and merchandise, your sailors and captains, your ships, carpenters, your merchants, and all your fighting men with you, along with all your crew who are in you, will fall into the heart of the sea on the day of your downfall. At the sound of your captain's cries, the waves will surge. They will descend from their ships, all who handle the oar, the sailors, and all the sea captains. They will stand on the land. They will lament loudly over you and cry bitterly. They will throw dust on their heads and roll in the ashes. They will tear out their hair because of you and put on sackcloth, and they will weep bitterly over you with intense mourning. As they wail, they will lament over you, chanting, Who was like Tyre, like a tower in the midst of the sea? When your products went out from the seas, you satisfied many peoples. With the abundance of your wealth and merchandise, you enriched the kings of the earth. Now you are wrecked by the seas in the depths of the waters. Your merchandise and all your company have sunk along with you. All the inhabitants of the coastlands are shocked at you, and their kings are horribly afraid. Their faces are troubled. The traitors among the peoples hiss at you. You have become a horror and will be no more. Ezekiel chapter 29, verses 1 through 16. Ezekiel chapter 29, beginning at verse 1. A prophecy against Egypt. In the tenth year, in the tenth month, on the twelfth day of the month, the Lord's message came to me. Son of man, turn toward Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great monster lying in the midst of its waterways, who has said, My Nile is my own. I made it for myself. 
I will put hooks in your jaws and stick the fish of your waterways to your scales. I will haul you up from the midst of your waterways and all the fish of your waterways will stick to your scales. I will leave you in the wilderness, you and all the fish of your waterways. You will fall in the open field and will not be gathered up or collected. I have given you as food to the beasts of the earth and the birds of the skies. Then all those living in Egypt will know that I am the Lord because they were a reed staff for the house of Israel. When they grasped you with their hand, you broke and tore their shoulders. And when they leaned on you, you splintered and caused their legs to be unsteady. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am about to bring a sword against you and I will kill every person and every animal. The land of Egypt will become a desolate ruin. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Because he said, the Nile is mine and I made it. I am against you in your waterways. I will turn the land of Egypt into an utter desolate ruin from Megiddo to Syene, as far as the border with Ethiopia. No human foot will pass through it and no animal's foot will pass through it. It will be uninhabited for 40 years. I will turn the land of Egypt into a desolation in the midst of desolate lands. For 40 years, her cities will lie desolate in the midst of ruined cities. I will scatter Egypt among the nations and disperse them among foreign countries. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, At the end of forty years I will gather Egypt from the peoples where they were scattered. I will restore the fortunes of Egypt and will bring them back to the land of Pathros, to the land of their origin. There they will be an insignificant kingdom. It will be the most insignificant of the kingdoms. It will never again exalt itself over the nations. I will make them so small that they will not rule over the nations. It will never again be Israel's source of confidence, but a reminder of how they sin by turning to Egypt for help, then they will know that I am the Sovereign Lord. New Testament Reading Acts chapter 11 through Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Acts chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Peter defends his actions to the Jerusalem church. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles too had accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers took issue with him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and shared a meal with them? But Peter began and explained it to them point by point, saying, I was in the city of Joppa, praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object something like a large sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came to me. As I stared, I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild animals, reptiles, and wild birds. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, slaughter and eat. But I said, Certainly not, Lord, for nothing defiled or ritually unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice replied a second time from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not consider ritually unclean. This happened three times, and then everything was pulled up to heaven again. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea approached the house where we were staying. The Spirit told me to accompany them without hesitation. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He informed us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and summon Simon, who is called Peter, who will speak a message to you by which you and your entire household will be saved. Then as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as he did on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, as he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave them the same gift as he also gave us after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to hinder God? When they heard this, they seized their objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted repentance that leads to life even to the Gentiles. Activity in the Church at Antioch now those who had been scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen went as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the message to no one but Jews. But there were some men from Cyprus and Cyrene among them who came 
to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks too, proclaiming the good news of the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. A report about them came to the attention of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. Because he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a significant number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught a significant number of people. Now it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. Famine Relief for Judea At that time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, got up and predicted by the Spirit that a severe famine was about to come over the whole inhabited world. This took place during the reign of Claudius. So the disciples, each in accordance with his financial ability, decided to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. They did so, sending their financial aid to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. James is killed and Peter in prison. About that time, King Herod laid hands on some from the church to harm them. He had James, the brother of John, executed with a sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter too. This took place during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. When he seized him, he put him in prison, handing him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him. Herod planned to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but those in the church were earnestly praying to God for him. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, O God, for just the descriptions, O God, and the in the ways, O God, in which we can really shipwreck our lives, O God. When we steer from your course of action that you have determined, when we steer away from your will, O God, for our lives, O God, just reading about the glory tire, O God, and all of the merchants and the abundance and all the trade that was happening and all those things. But the ways in which, O God, we can be brought low and humbled by you if we do not remain in your will and do what you've called us to do, O God. Nobody can humble us like you, O Lord. So would you help us, O God, to stay low, O God, to the ground, low, O God, on our knees, continually praying to you, O God, seeking your face, seeking your will for our life, O God, for our lives, O God. And I thank you, O God, for the ways that the Holy Spirit reveals um, himself to us, O God. Thank you, O God, for that vision you revealed to Peter, telling him, do not call ritually unclean, what I have called clean. Thank you, O God, for the unfolding of your revelation, O God, your progressive revelation is unfolded in your word from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Thank you for that revelation, oh God, that we Gentiles are engrafted in, that salvation is also not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. God, that is great news. I thank you, oh Lord, that this gospel is for everyone, that we ought to be generous with this invitation, with this gospel invitation, and share with, with far and wide with everyone, oh God, and pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would have the discernment and the wisdom and the heart to receive the invitation with gladness, oh God. Thank you. And thank you, oh God, for your word. Thank you, oh God, that in Acts, oh God, we see that it was God when believers began to be called Christians, oh God. And I thank you for Barnabas and Saul who stayed back to teach 
the people, to disciple them, to help to grow them up and to mature them in the faith, oh God. There is a true lack of discipleship within at least our American church context, oh God. And I'm just praying, oh God, that you would raise up people, mature Christians in the faith who have the compassion, the diligence, the patience, and the temperament to disciple other believers, to disciple new believers, to help them on their journey, to strengthen them, to uplift them so that they might walk in your light, oh God, and in your truth unswervingly, oh God, and that they would bear the name Christians and that it would not be a mockery and that there wouldn't be no shame uh, God, to bear that name, oh God, because their lives actually reflect the life of Christ, oh God. So would you make us congruent in that way, oh God, that if we profess to be Christians, that we would actually be Christian, oh God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, not by our works of righteousness, no, 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 but by your grace, oh God. That is the only way we're going to make it. It's not going to be by our works. It's not by legalism. It's not by trying to keep the law in our own strength. No, it is by the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit, oh God. So I just pray that you would continue to uphold us with your righteous right hand, oh God. Keep us, oh God, in your care for the day of redemption, oh God. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Around Christmas, we spend a lot of time thinking about presents, but have you ever wondered why we give gifts? Learn about the life of St. Nicholas and discover why he became known as one of the greatest gift givers of all time. In Ned Bustard's book, St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, told as a delightful poem, this colorfully illustrated book will be enjoyed by children and the adults who read with them. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from BibleStudyTogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.